You may have listened to the last episode and thought, wow, Augusta and Eva are being so generous in their reading of the Church of Satan as a scapegoat, and they're not even thinking about how the Church of Satan may have profited from this this uh, this alleged crime that they were committing. Don't worry, we're coming back with criticism of every single figure involved, because that's what we do, baby. Take cheap pot shots from our bedrooms. Don't even stress about it. Wait, did you hear her? The main people I want to talk about today are aunt. Uh, mostly, I want to talk about Anton Lavey's two daughters because I think mm-hmm. that how they have chosen to spend their lives really says a lot about uh, what was going on in the eighties and nineties. So he was actually born Howard Stanton Levy, and he changed his mind, changed his mind, changed his name to Anton Sandor S Z A N D O R Lavey L A capital V E Y. So tight. So tight. And dude, this motherfucker looks like a dude who changed his name from Howard Levy to Anton LaVey. Like that's what you're whatever you're picturing when I say that, you're right. You're he right. looks he looks like somebody who you would meet at a bar in Vegas and he would sexually harass you about how he used to be a huge deal here. Yeah, he does look like that. Yeah. He has yeah. he has crazy super arched eyebrows. He looks yeah. like a, a some sort of a cross between a Deliberately Dracula. Bald. And like uh, an Adams Family cosplayer. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He looks like um, the Nosferatu version. Exactly. Of he looks like exactly. Nosferatu. Exactly. Um. So yeah. So he was born in Chicago in 1930, and honestly, his early life is like not totally interesting. He was a Baptist, um, and then. He was raised Baptist, which is only relevant because then he went on to found his own religion. Um, It's pretty difficult to find out, find true things about his life because he was full of shit in a a severe, (laughs) in a severe manner. Um, Because he played piano when he was a kid and uh, that was part of his career. Like, of course, the guy who like looks like Nosferatu and founds the Church of Satan like plays the organ or whatever. So he plays... (laughs) piano and he would play piano in like various like nightclubs and burlesque acts for a while that was his job so he just tells all these like absolutely insane stories um like he said that he like had an affair with marilyn monroe before she was famous while he was like working in la as like a nightclub keyboardist which like pass <laughs> what i love about him about LaVey and by love you know uh, what I find fascinating about him as a public figure is that he was accused and the church of Satan was believed to have done all these incredibly evil things and like last episode like child abuse mm-hmm. these hor- like blood sacrifices ritual murder like the darkest corners of of human potential mm-hmm. and when he is asked to go in public and talk about himself the only thing he wants to talk about is how he had affairs with blonde girls before they were famous literally and that he was a psychic investigator also in california at this time and like supposedly like solved yes. like thousands yes, of cases for, for the, the fire Francisco. department yeah 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 oh my god and every biography of him and every like journalism piece about him every every like article is like 
quote from him in parentheses we were not able to fact check this quote from right. him parentheses no records exist of this happening like it was just right. entirely fabricated right <laughs> <laughs> it's just like really really funny um so yeah so so LaVey had three children um Xena, Carla, and Satan Xerxes, um, who Satan Xerxes went on to change his name to Ethan. Which, I mean, wouldn't you? It's really funny. I kind of, <laughs> it's really funny. But Xena and Carla kept their names, and um, they both spent times following their mother, not their mothers, they both spent some time following their father's footsteps. Um, each of them were high priestesses of the church of satan briefly um so the older sister carla was hold on i'm really just gonna check okay the only older sister carla was um was more involved in the church almost to the point of being a founding member. And she also did some really, really bend over backwards PR for them for many years. Like during the satanic panic, she was like appearing on TV defending the church of Satan, you know? But I think that, I think that was Xena. Xena did a lot of PR for them. Right. But she's much younger. I think. Well, yeah. Xena was the church's first spokesperson, according to the church's website okay so they have conflicting she has yeah. conflicting okay. i I, th- I think <laughs> i think at the source of this is not conflicting uh research but rather that there is not a clear narrative because this shit was a mess yeah this shit was a mess yeah okay, <laughs> like, okay, okay. yeah um right okay Carla so, is the oldest daughter. That Carla is, is the oldest daughter. Yeah. So she's in her 60s. She's she's going to be 70 this year. Yes. So Carla actually, so Carla was, sorry, she was a former, she's a, she is a former high priestess of the Church of Satan. But then she went on to found and run her own satanic church called the First Satanic Church, which is not the same as the Church of Satan. And so what's terribly interesting about Carla LeVay and the First Satanic Church is that they are the subjects of, as always on the Phenomena podcast, an inheritance in real estate legal conflict. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's extraordinary. Yeah. So for starters, uh, in the 90s, in 1997, Anton LaVey died. Um, and so at this time, that was stupid. Um, when Anton LaVey died in 1997, Carla LaVey and uh, Anton's then wife, Blanche Barton, who was the father of Satan Xerxes Karnacki LaVey, sorry, is the mother of whatever, of Satan Xerxes Karnacki LaVey. They agreed that they would split everything between the two of them and be co-high priestesses of the Church of Satan. Mm -hmm. But then, all of a sudden, Blanche Barton found a handwritten will that post-dated Anton LaVey's previous wishes that said that she got everything. (laughs) Um, And that all his belongings, properties, writings, and royalties belonged to the 
belonged to Satan Xerxes, who was at the time like four. Mm-hmm. So it just didn't make any sense. So then they had like one of the single messiest um, will c- contestments, contestations, contests, mm-hmm. Con- mm-hmm. will contests that lasted over four years. And eventually they reached a settlement on October. On October 31st, on Halloween 2001, so more than four years after Anton LaVey died, um, to split everything equally three ways between the three children. Right. Which just simply seems like so obvious. I mean, just literally how it's done. Right. Also, because I don't think Anton LaVey was legally married to a lot of the. To all three of the children have different mothers, and I believe that he was only legally married to Carla's mother ever. So there was no, even though Zena's mother did sue for a form of alimony for people who are, uh, what is that called? Like domestic partnership when you live yeah, together? Yeah, patrimony. So obviously you have to be suing for these things. If you're not suing for these <laughs> things, you're not on the Phenomena podcast or the yeah, Ghost of <laughs> Also, yes, he w- he did he was only married to his first wife, Carol. Okay, yeah, Carol Lansing, which I think is a beautiful name. Beautiful. But um, so the, what, let me really quick find first sa- the article about the first Satanic Church real estate while, issue. Yeah. yeah. So um, while Eva looks for that, I'm just gonna drop a fun fact about his second life partner. She worked for many years as a graphology specialist, a.k.a. handwriting and forgery. And very late in her life, she admitted that she she foraged an inscription on a calendar of Marilyn Monroe that said Marilyn, like Marilyn Monroe's signature, which Anton LaVey had been using for years as evidence of his affair with Marilyn. And his second like life partner admitted that she forged that for him to back up his claims that he slept with Marilyn Monroe if that gives you any idea into the psychology of these people yeah that's wild that she would like isn't that insane can you imagine I don't worry babe can't. I got you I got you, you I got lie you. about sleeping with a hotter girl um so Diane Haggerty uh when she sued the almost literal pants off of Anton LaVey in the 90s uh, during their separation. Um, He lost the house and the house was a big deal. It was called the Black House uh, and it's in San Francisco. Um, It, they demolished it, uh, and now there's just, like, condos there, of course, because it's... Did we mention these people are Bay Area-based? Obviously, they're Bay Area-based. Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I hope that was clear. Um... Yeah, so he lost the house. And so then the Church of Satan, uh, after he died, the Church of Satan, all its members, like, tried to raise funds to purchase it back from foreclosure or whatever state it was in. And they were not able to do that. Uh, And they just demolished it uh, right before the settlement was reached, actually, in uh, in his will. the contest of as well uh and now it's just like now it's just demolished and it's like condos which is funny because it was consistently referred to them as the black house or the black mansion in like all the writings and like when you see old photos of it it's just like 
it's like a house like it's a one family of course home. <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing about this whole so when you go to the so okay a couple things one you may be asking yourself how is it possible they weren't able to raise the money to buy back a single family home in san francisco even at this point in time this is like the san francisco real estate bubble.com boom is really just kicking off yeah. this is the time for people to be able to buy homes in san francisco that would later be worth two million dollars right but at the time we're not well the church of satan's membership was a mess a and mess. <laughs> it's not even clear they really had a practicing membership in like the sense that you would think of a church organization having like a practicing no. consistent every week membership. According to his other daughter, uh, Zena, who we will talk about in a second. Yeah, we'll get to in a second. The church membership was like people who were obsessed with Anton, total weirdo hanger honors, and people who wanted forms of outside of christian spiritual support and people who were into magic and it was like yeah. a, a you know a collection of of cool freaks and then like yeah. a collection of actual freaks like people who were really disturbed yeah and that anton was basically a severe narcissist who attracted people who wanted to hang out with a narcissist and that that wasn't really the proper foundation for like it wasn't even like you know real cult level membership it wasn't like right. people were following this guy into fire. There was no fire. He was just waking up late and wanting people to think that he was sexy. Like, it was, like, right. such a mess. Okay, so that's one thing I want to say about the house and the Church of Satan, which makes it really funny to think that, like, they were blamed for this international cult conspiracy when this dude could not get it together to, like, raise buy, money. Uh, yeah, like, they couldn't get, like, a parish house or, like, I know it's not called a parish house, but, like, the equivalent of, like, a rectory. Like, they could right. not buy their own rectory. And then also, <laughs> so on the topic of LeVay lying about himself constantly and making himself seem like a much bigger deal than he was, this is literally from the Church of Satan's website. Which is the, much better than the first Satanic Church's website, I just got to truly. say. The, the question is, didn't Anton LeVay lie about his life experiences? So this is in their Q&A. That's how much people know that this is the yeah. dude's situation. After the death of Anton LaVey, and thus beyond lawsuits by him, some documents have been circulated purporting that most everything about him was a fabrication. The people who authored these, in every case, have strong anti-LaVey agendas, regardless of their pretense to scholarly correction of facts, or they base their research on biased anti-LaVey articles without fact-checking. And then- Wow, I thought they would be like, yeah, it's all in the magic. And then it skips down. I'm skipping a couple paragraphs where they just say the same thing over and over again. It is best to keep in mind that LeVay never said he was anything more than just a, quote, regular guy, an old cornball, and had no pretensions towards elevating himself. Some people decided against his advice to idolize him. And then when they realized he was just a fallible human being, they often turned on him with great hostility. That is an old story, and every leader deals with it as best he can. Right, so him calling himself the Black Pope, that was just like an accident joke. <laughs> him saying that he was like the high priest of Satan. The father of Satanism. Yeah. Literally having a son who he named Satan. Yeah. That was, he's just a regular old cornball. Yeah, loves it. Okay. That was all I wanted to say about that, but just like... No, it's so funny. I mean, he really did, in some ways, he led a cult. Not in the sense of like, whatever they, like, not in the sense of like behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotion control, but in the sense of him having an immense 
charisma and people just acting like very weird around him. Yes. Um, so yeah, so Carla LeVay, she still has a radio show. She's still a Satanist. She still has the first church of Satan, which, you know, seems to have little, uh, you know, had a little bit of a lull lately. They usually do a black mass every year. They've been doing a black mass every year since the church of Satan was founded. Um, but the first satanic church did miss 2020 and I think 2021 as well for their uh, in-person black mass. So, I mean, honestly, if they're vibing, I hope that they're able to get it off the ground and do it in 2022 because that's kind of a bummer. Um, but yeah, that's where she's been. Now, mm-hmm. while we at the Phenomenon Podcast absolutely love inheritance and other uh, – inheritance – property and other legal dramas really what i came here to talk to you about today is Zena levey formerly mm-hmm. known as Zena levey she's now known more often as Zena shrek or just Zena all caps so Zena levey also was a prominent spokesperson and defendant defender not defendant defender of the organization during the satanic pit. Zena LeVay, Zena Shrek. I absolutely can't keep saying Shrek over and over again on the podcast. That's the thing. Imagine your name is, imagine you're the daughter of one of the world's most famous Satanists and you want to change your last name to something that will not make you recognizable or comedic to people. And so you change your last name to your husband's last name, which is Shrek. And this is before the movie Shrek has come out. Yeah. Poor woman. I know. It's so real. So, um, so, okay. So when she was in the Church of Satan, as Gus said earlier, she defended the Church of Satan during the Satanic Panic. She was on TV. There's a lot of interviews with her. She's a little more, I mean, not to like shit on Carla, but Zena's like a little more interesting to watch. Carla like comes off like she's doing PR. Zena comes off like she is worshiping satan she's charismatic for sure she is um so she left the church of satan in the early 90s and actually publicly and thoroughly renounced levian satanism which is sort of like obviously the satanism that uh the church of satan partakes in because it's all based on the satanic bible that anton levay wrote um and she basically said like she had a crisis of faith while she was spending all this time defending them in public. And even though she came away not necessarily believing that the Satanists were doing these horrible things, she definitely came away like, yeah, she basically was like, I actually don't really like my dad and he's actually kind of a bad dude and even though he didn't do these things he's not a good person the church of satan is are not good people and while i still believe in satan i don't think that this is a good organization so that's when she stopped using levey and started using shrek i know i can't every time it kills me um and she Ended up founding her own satanic church, which this one, unlike the first satanic church, which was 
a Levian Satanist church. This was not a Levian Satanist church. It was a Sethian church. Um, so the temple of Set is like another kind of flavor of Satanism that I don't fully have time to get into now, but sort of in the way that we mentioned in the feminist witchcraft episode, it sort of adheres to the idea that there isn't necessarily a specific Satan, but there are many iterations of the anti-Christian force or like not anti-Christian, but like the left-hand path, if people know who that, yeah, like there's, and so, so the goddess set in Sethian Satanism is sort of like their Lucifer. So it's still Satan, but it's not the Christian biblical Satan. It's like, Anyway, just know that it is not the same as Levian Satanism, and there is technically a different deity, but it is still very much Satanism. So some, some, you know, some Sethians feel that Set is the original Satan because it's like previous to Christianity. Some people feel that they're the same person. Some people think that Satan is just an echo of Set. Um, some people think that people with a very thick Western Massachusetts accent shouldn't be explaining Satan and Set, but. <laughs> Anyway, so that was some, t- some say some would say doctors hate her. Um, so that's when she stopped using Zena LeVay. And to this day, if you try to write her a letter or address her on a talk show as Zena LeVay, she rejects that because I think more than rejecting Satanism or the Church of Satan, she really rejects Anton LeVay, even though he's dead. But can I read a quote from her from a Vice article that I think really shows this? Truly swag. Um, I, I'll read two and you can cut around how much of this is useful. Swag. This is an interview with Vice that she did in 2015. Interviewer. Do you remember the first days of Satanism or was that before your time? Zena Shrek. My father was experimenting with various gimmicks, holding Friday night lectures he referred to as the magic circle, hosting burlesque shows for strippers dressed up as witches and vampires, but nothing that was necessarily satanic. He had a pet lion he would take around with him on the streets of San Francisco, so he was really doing whatever he could to market himself locally. It wasn't until a publicist wrote a story about him that referred to him as the first priest of Satan that he got the idea he could start his own religion. It was very similar to the way L. Ron Hubbard started Scientology, and the same way all these cults spring up in California. My mother was mortified because she just wanted to be like the Adams family, but it all took off so quickly and very much spun out of his control. Interviewer. Did he fully know what he was getting into? Uh, Zena. He was very confused, and as a result, so are the inheritors of the church. He's been accused of being a con man, which is accurate, but he wasn't a very efficient one. He was lazy and never planned for the future or looked after his own family because that's the nature of Levian Satanism. Get what you can, live only in the here and now, care only about yourself, and get other people to care for you. It's like you're one big infant. That's perfect. And I think that's a way better explanation of me trying to say that like he he was kind of leading a cult, but he also wasn't because... There wasn't really any, like, nefarious, intentional psychological breakdown. There was literally just him being, like, he just, like, was a baby. Like, he's <laughs> just a baby. Um, yeah, that's wonderful. So that is – that really perfectly sums up sort of her position. And so then after founding her temple of set, of which she was the high priestess um, – <clears throat> One second. 
hate when my necklace clasp is in the front of my neck. That shit's unacceptable to me. So then in um, the early 2000s, she founded the Sethian Liberation Movement, which is actually, yeah. Did she found the Temple of Set? I think she joined one. Sorry, she joined one. Thank you. She joined, uh, yeah, you're right. She joined a Temple of Set. Set became a high priestess, then founded her own movement, the Sethian Liberation Movement. So to say they both went on to found satanic churches is not quite right, but it is more interesting to say as as the description. (laughs) But um, yeah, so the the Sethian Liberation Movement. Okay, the Sethian Liberation Movement is a pan-religious and also sort of post-religious support network and guideline for deprogramming, what we would call deprogramming, though that's not the language that they use. The language that they use just has to do with leaving very intense religious environments and upbringings. So it ranges from uh, you know, Mormonism, Scientology, Satanism, uh, and obviously there's a lot of that um, in California especially, but all across America. There's lots of people who need a lot of help leaving deeply religious movements that have emotionally, psychologically, mentally, physically uh damaged them for years especially if they were raised in it or and especially because Zena Shrek herself has a lot of experience with this especially deprogramming people who were born into and raised in it or who have family members that are prominent figures in those religions mm-hmm. and I think what's interesting about part of what's interesting about this and her um connection to this is that we're sort of glossing the the her her life in the church because it's Mm -hmm. not exactly the subject but like i i think her from what she said her life in the church of satan was incredibly traumatic not for the reason that she was involved in ritual sacrifice but because people in their neighborhood would come by and throw eggs and bombs and shoot bullets at their house. Mm-hmm. Like, she, people hated them and would call them and leave voice. I mean, because they were the subject of a national smear campaign, basically. Yeah. And so people would call them and be like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to murder you. Like, I'm going to do all these things to you. Like, you're evil. You're killing children. And then at the same time, her parents were these, like, totally checked out narcissists, especially her dad, who had no ability to protect her. So she was really caught between, like two forces of complete extremism and so i think that she would go on to found her own deprogramming movement is is very admirable to me mm-hmm. i agree and i also think she's done something with the sethian liberation movement which has other names it was founded as the storm and then became sethian liberation movement and then their sort of non-religious outreach is um called phoenix uh which I, i'll read you a little blurb about phoenix uh Phoenix provides spiritual healing for victims of exploitative pseudo-religious organizations, former Mm. gang members, whistleblowing ex-employees of corrupt corporations and governmental agencies, 
relatives of the violently mentally ill and survivors of all forms of institutional abuse, including secretly abused children and spouses of prominent personalities. Right. Which I think is something that other deprogramming... I think it's something that deprogramming doesn't always offer you. Like, there's plenty of normal people who are going through years and years of therapy. And I don't want to say, like, their road isn't hard. Their road is incredibly difficult. Just these day-to-day people who are getting out of Scientology and stuff. They have a very difficult life out of them. And, you know, wishing them peace someday in the future. But I don't think a lot of these other deprogramming things really offer these, like, to spiritual healing for victims of for whistleblowing ex-employees of corrupt governmental agencies like where are you going to find that like secretly abused children of prominent personalities like there's not a spiritual healing other than private therapy but there's not an organization that's really dedicated to that uh in the way that the sethian liberation movement is and i think that's a much needed expertise it's also interesting because now I think I it seems like from her public presence, the bulk majority of her work these days or her spiritual life these days uh, is is Buddhist. Yeah. So she runs this organization, which is sort of religious. Well, OK, so it's interesting because when you read these interviews with her and she talks about moving like between and trying to find replacements for satanism in her life or things that will give her what she never got from it Mm -hmm. she is a believer in magic she is a believer in the devil like she is a believer in satan she you know she is a religious person and she is a person who clearly desires a, a a meaty serious thoughtful spirituality yes because she talks about like she's like giving advice to people in these interviews and she's like yeah just if you're gonna get involved in um what does she call it like if you're gonna get involved in occultism or anything related to the occult ask people serious questions and see if they know what they're talking about do they actually right. know magic do they actually know ritual like it's you right. know she wants something with serious text and grounding and background in mm-hmm. history and so for her to turn to uh i think she's involved in in tantric buddhism mm-hmm um makes sense to me because there's like an ancient background to this and there's like all these mysteries and all of these yeah yeah exactly yeah now i was gonna bring this one up i was gonna talk about this one but now that i've talked about xena more and i remembered how much i like her i don't want to be a huge dick not that she is gonna listen to this or that anyone is gonna listen to this and it's gonna change whatever the tide of media (laughs) but i will say Without getting too far into it, maybe this is just like a little like for you guys to take home with you after this brief bonus episode. Xena Shrek bears a formidable resemblance to Taylor Swift. And there are those online who believe that Taylor Swift is either Xena Shrek herself, and Xena Shrek has used magic to prevent her own aging, that she is the daughter of Xena Shrek, that she is the clone of Xena Shrek, and that she is in some other way involved with a sa- uh, involved with an integration of Satanism and the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. I just want to nip that in the bud real quick. Satanists would not like the Illuminati. Or Taylor Swift. Or Taylor Swift. 
they would not want to be in the Illuminati because they don't believe in hierarchy. Even though, well, that's not true. They say they don't. And then obviously the church was very damagingly, hierarchically dysfunctional. Right. Uh, But yeah. So if you're interested in that, it's kind of like a... It's one of those conspiracy theories like the Avril Lavigne is her own clone conspiracy theory where it's like, Mm -hmm. I think most people who are writing about it don't believe it and are just having a little bit of fun. Um, It's more an outgrowth of people's uh, newfound ability to post photos side by side than it is anything else. Yes, 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 100%. Yeah. It's a symptom of Mashable. (laughs) It's a symptom of Mashable. It's a symptom of that website that shows you what your babies would look like. Literally. Which I guess is Mashable. Um, So there's lots of super, super interesting stuff about the first family of Satanism. I highly encourage you to check out a few different, you know, books and interviews and stuff. Can I close with... um... Please with a quote from an article about the uh the lawsuit the property lawsuit yeah yeah please oh my god yes 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 yes, yes do. <laughs> okay i'm just gonna find it so this is from an article in the st louis post dispatch from september 11th 1988 called palimony suit rests on a bed of nails on paper the agreement seemed friendly enough She got the 1967 Jaguar, he got the 1936 Cord, the 1972 Datsun, and the 1976 Cadillac Limousine. Still to be decided were the medieval torture implements, the crystal ball, the devil bust, the bed of nails, and the classic wooden coffin. But now, the whole thing has become a devil of an issue in San Francisco's Superior Court, as the nation's first prince and princess of darkness square off in legal proceedings. Damn! Prince of Cute. Darkness. Yeah, that's sick. That's so funny. So funny. That's so funny. Man, I wish we'd talk about the wives more because then we could have called this episode Real Housewives of the, of the Church of Satan. We still can. But honestly, the, the wives aren't as interesting. But yeah. Yeah. It's more like, yeah, I don't know what to call this episode, but yeah, that article. For, first Daughter of Darkness is good. Yeah. The first family of the Church, church of Satan or something. Um... Thanks for joining us today. I our next arc is about vampires, yes. Or did we bet? Okay, so we'll see you soon for three episodes about vampires. And yes, of course, I will be talking about the Twilight movies. Probably that'll be a bonus episode because otherwise it'll take up too much room. Thank you for coming. I'm Augusta. I'm Eva. This is a phenomena podcast. Bonus episode. <laughs>